0: Welcome to another episode of Loose Change, our regular look at what's happening in the fintech world and the people that uh, sit behind it and make it all happen. I'm really pleased today to be joined by two colleagues. It's the first time we've had two people in uh, this... Podcast. Um, uh, we've got Pete Williams and we've got Alan Clark uh, from Iris, uh, looking after our account teams. Uh, Pete, um, please say, has been working here for some time with me now, and uh, and before, before I joined Iris, I believe Pete, um, uh, and looks after the AO face-to-face account team. Uh, and Alan, who's been here even longer still, I think. All, my, all a fair amount of time, uh, and uh, looks after the telephone-based account managers, both AO and on the X-Plan side as well. So, welcome, gentlemen. Thank welcome. welcome. Thank you. Um, now, you two have known each other for some time. I'm saying I've, I've known you for, for a while. You've certainly been here all the whole time I've been here, but you two met even before Iris, I think. Is that right,
1: Pete? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we both work together at uh, Sesame, um, the uh, the network. Um, and that was around 17 years ago, so it's uh, it's quite a long time, uh, but we're still uh, we're still good pals. Yep. And uh, you've, you've we haven't it? fallen out yet,
0: which is really good. <laughs> Despite your football allegiances being slightly uh, let, different. Let's not talk about football. Uh, no. We might have to come back to football a, 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 a little bit. What I think is quite interesting, though, is the dynamic between the two, because obviously, on, particularly on the AO side, Alan, you're looking after the small guys. Yep. And Pete's looking after the big cool. guys. Uh, and one of the things we'll explore later down the line is a little bit how that differs uh, between the uh, between the two. Sure. But, but Alan, how did you find moving from Sesame then to... You almost moving... Um, from the uh, you know the customer side to the supply side there. So how, how has that changed?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's really changed quite dramatically. Um, so me and Pete worked together on a system called Sesame Office. So there's probably a lot. I remember of, Sesame Office. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot of your listeners that will have a little bit of, of a flashback. Um, and it was this bright orange software, and if, when you opened it, it had this great pink flower that opened and. Some marketing person must have been paid a fortune for that. (laughs) And, you know, me and Pete even talk about that little um, opening (laughs) (laughs) software sketch even now. Um, So it was the the um, mid-2000s. But in terms of the context of what that software did, it was really um, quite good at at the time, you know, in terms of where, where technology was. Yeah. In, in the mid-2000s, if we think back to what we are now, you know, it really is night and day. Um, so things have changed so much. Um, businesses and regulation has changed so much, you know. was well, pre-RDR, I guess, when you are going back to, oh, to those days. Yeah, well, actually, even back then, mortgages and general insurance wasn't even regulated. Yeah. So it is going back a long, long time. Um, so technology's changed a lot. The regulations moved on you, you know so much um and our customers our customers culture. i think the market
0: is different yeah but i think you know rdr changed that fundamentally agree pete but yeah. i think the uh you know the standards within the industry have just continued to to rise since 2012
1: oh yeah there's absolutely no doubt about that i mean the 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 level of qualifications of a lot of the advisors we deal with now they're either chartered or diploma Financial advisors, so the standard is is much better. When I joined the industry back in 1976, which is a long time ago, and before Mark was born, probably, um, I wish. you know, people, people were still, you know, almost uh, really did do fact finds on the back of a cigarette packet. So there, yeah. there is truth in that, but yeah. it certainly changed a lot. I'm sitting here now
0: doing a podcast on an iPad, and I guess we're now seeing an appetite for technologies like iPads out there and with the user base as well that we're talking to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've got iPad. You, you know, certain people um, used to use these kind of hybrids between a laptop and a touch device. I mean, that was kind of the iPad of the day. Yeah. Um, and if you look back at it, it's actually quite amusing because you know the responsiveness of the device was, you know, a little bit lackluster. It had such a lag on it. It's, it, you know it is really really quite interesting but also the you know the consumers are changing you know you look at how technology generally has changed our lives in the last 10 in the last 15 years you know, everything's done right now yeah. um and you know in the next 10 or 15 years you know there'll be things there's going to be some really cool things happening, you know, you won't have to have passwords in the future, you know, things like facial recognition, that's going to change, you know, very, very shortly.
0: Yeah, no, I I think it's exciting. It reminds me of a story uh, of um, uh, a firm that I was working with that was an industrial branch, Salesforce, going uh, back in that same time, and the way they got their technology to be adopted by the advisors going out there is they had these old husky uh, touch uh, devices, and they were actually using them as personal self-defense weapons because they were so heavy and so chunky. Uh, This group were going around some dodgy housing estates and if they had one of these they felt safer because they could actually use them as weapons. (laughs) Um, Let's move on. Now I wanted to um, talk a little bit about you guys as well because this is about knowing a bit about your personality as well as that. So I've got a quick fire question for for both of you. Okay. Um, I, I haven't briefed them uh, at all on this, so they don't know what's what's coming up. Um, but I'm going to start. Uh, some of this will be personal. Some of it will be uh, business and technology related. We're going to start with a personal one Um because I know you're both into your football. Um And, and, and Pete, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to confess, for everyone, but you are a Spurs fan, it's going through the mill at the moment. Uh, and Alan suffers even more as a Leeds fan. Yeah. Now, now this. Uh, your first question is. You're getting to the last match of the Premier League season. Um, Spurs and Leeds uh, are not in it. Even the mighty Wrexham are not contending for the top top spot. Um, And the final match is going to decide who wins. And it is between Arsenal and Manchester United. Who would you rather win the Premier League? Manchester
1: United, there's no doubt
0: about it. Come on. Alan, as a Leeds fan, that's going to hurt, isn't it? Manchester
2: United. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's going to have to be Arsenal all all the way. I'm getting some
0: disagreement here already. Uh, That's good. It's not an
2: argument that's going to be won.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Right, so we've got the hard one out of the way. We're going to go for uh, an Irish question now. Um, One of the relaunch messages that when we relaunched the brand earlier this year was we were trying to make sure that we're um making a difference to the users of our technology on a daily basis so, we're, so if you were to take one, uh, one thing that people use the technology that you're involved with on a daily basis what would be the one thing that you would say maybe we'll go to you first Alan. What, what was the one thing that would make a difference every single day to a client
2: yeah, um, I think the first one is the x expand client pool yeah. um, for a number of reasons. What um, one is the most important, well, one of the most important, which is the regulation piece. So yeah. it protects that um, you know that uh, financial services business in terms of GDPR, in terms of security. Yeah. Um, secondly, it adds value to the end consumer. Um, why is because they can. They can see what's happening in terms of their financial, um, their financial situation in real time when they want, um, and that consequently is a value add for that, um, you know, for, for that particular business, in terms of you know what changes. That business on a daily basis, it it would ultimately be that the way in which that you can communicate.
0: Because clients are logging in day and day and day. I I, I look at the stats regularly on our 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 use base and and
2: and the the number of logins. You know, people don't just come in once; they they come in time time. You know, I will make a confession now. I check my client portal every single morning when I get up on my phone along with my bank account.
0: I'm thinking a lot of people do, and I think we, we underestimate that, actually. It's interesting. And we might come back to Client Portal at the end if we've got time. Pete, for you, what would be your big thing, I guess, more from an AO perspective?
1: Yeah, probably? so Client Portal is important from the point of view that Alan said for the GDPR, and that's true for AO people as well. But I think the two main elements, well, the three really main parts of that's the one, and he's getting Yeah, yeah sorry, I, know, it's like I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know... So every, bi- every business has a different way of working, and they have their own set of processes. But probably, you know, everybody I sort of meet, particularly in the face to face world manage their workflow effectively. And so being able to manage workflow in a very clear way to make sure that tasks are done when they're supposed to be done um, and delegated and moved on and so on is a, is a really important part. So it's a very, very simple thing. And so, and you might say, well, all businesses do it, but you'd be surprised exactly. that if they don't control the processes properly, that's often where the whole thing falls down, you know, and adding into that, you know, the ability to also effectively manage your business management. So that's your revenue, um, uh, knowing what you're expecting, making sure that your age debt is under control and having then the ability to effectively do your RMAr reporting. But if I had to pick one out of the things, valuations is another thing we could talk about. But really, I think that managing your processes effectively through very good workflow is is key. And it's very widely used in advisor office.
0: Okay, great stuff. Um, I'm not doing very well on making these quickfire questions, but I think it's uh, all, all good conversation. Now, I'm going to go back to the personal one because you two are the biggest takers of holidays within the company i don't know how you've managed to negotiate the hours that you get off on, on on holiday so i want to delve into your your holiday details favorite holiday destination that you've been to in the last i was going to say last 20 years but for pete you could go back further
1: couldn't you yeah i could do um but uh, <laughs> antigua i antigua. went there i went there last year uh, this time last year i was there actually probably today um very very nice beautiful place and um yeah that's probably a place i'll go back to uh, to celebrate you been, been?
2: love, love, love to you're not allowed to retire um, <laughs> Alan yeah it's it's so hard to choose from um, you know I've, I've done as you well know Mark, you, um I've travelled quite extensively so it's very very difficult to pick one um, so I think it's either going to be Dubai um, and I think what stands out from that is racing the uh, June buggies around the desert, which okay. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, for more of a beach-type holiday, um, chill out, relax, it has to be Bali, and working from an Australian company, there's lots of Aussies there as well, which is always a good laugh. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, okay, I'm going to move on uh, with one last
0: question on the quick fire round, uh, and this is a quick question, which is what, I'll go to Alan first, what is the top brand that you recognise in financial services?
2: Yeah, um, I think really the brands are changing so much. Um, you know, back back in the day, it used to be the big insurers. So, you know, we we're talking about people like the Prue and, you know, Zurich and things like that. So I would say 10, 15 years ago, it would be those kind of organizations. Um, I'd say um, now things are very much changing and from what I can see, um, you know, people like um, the consolidators are coming mm-hmm. through. That's what I do see a lot, especially in the trade, mm-hmm. um, there's, especially in the trade press. So people like succession mm-hmm. and people like that are getting a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of press and I think that's also uh, coming to the fore.
1: Good stuff. Pete? Yeah, it sort of really sort of steals the answer, really, doesn't it? Because you're absolutely right. I mean, when I started in the industry, it was really all about the big product providers. And, you know, obviously there's been lots of acquisition there. But like Alan says, it has changed quite a lot. And now, you know, you do see these aggregators like this session, like AFH, um, and and there's a business I, I was involved in quite heavily um, you know, actively making uh, acquisitions all the time and more and more of the big players are, are, are into that game now so you've got Gallagher's and some of the others so I think Alan's right really um, that that's one of the main changes and, and, and people are looking it's at it. It's an that. interesting
0: one though isn't it because if you were to take brand as true as truest form I guess a brand has to represent a set of values. And I'm not sure the financial services have very often got that message across of a brand linked to values. I think you mentioned Prudential. Prudential certainly got that. You associated Prudential with the personal service of a man coming around the door and knocking mm, on your door. Definitely. That's a very clear legal and general protection in the umbrella that, 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 was, that was there. Um, nowadays with those bigger brands, I think they have... Good brand recognition in the industry, but how well that translates to the end consumer is always challenging. And actually, sometimes it's the little guys that have a personal brand in their town that uh, people can identify with, rather than some of the some of the big guys. Uh, so, so I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Some of those consolidators have great reputations in the industry, but actually,
2: to the end consumer, sometimes it can be a small guy on the high street. You, you're absolutely right. And in the smaller in the smaller end of the market. Um, you know, even in this day and age, you know, yeah, right, we're a technology company and we're talking about technology. But let's not forget, word of mouth and recommendation in terms of financial services organisations is really really and that can important. be
0: technology now as well because with social media, um, I mean, yep. we all do a bit of social media. Uh, don't know my tweets want to get liked by Mr Williams here. This time? <laughs> um, uh, uh So um, you know, with the word of mouth goes out via Twitter, via Facebook, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and, and some of the businesses are very, you know, are, are very into that. Even some of the smaller IFA businesses that you see uh, and, and and become very uh, you know driven by their social media presence as well as everything else. I and mean, the informed choice would be a good example yeah. really of, of of where Martin up until now has has, has really pushed um, you know, lots of uh, things that they're doing within the business via Twitter and, and, yeah. and other third-party media. So, I think that that's absolutely true. And um, some great
0: podcasts you see out there as well. Yeah. Um, things like Meaningful Money, etc. Uh, yeah. Some great, great stuff. Um, okay, I just want to move off the quickfire, though, except I, I wasn't that quick. <laughs> uh, onto a couple of topics that I want to discuss with you guys. Uh, particularly, I was quite interested in. The dynamics between you because Pete you look off some of the big guys you're looking off some of the smaller guys Alan has said before yeah Alan how does that differ how does the service level have to differ from someone like Irish to those guys and more importantly I guess what are they, how are their needs different from technology when they're a smaller firm
2: yeah you know what um, they are they are different um, it's you know it is it is different managing a smaller um, organization than one of the larger ones that um, Pete's got but I do think the basic fundamentals are the same um, you know I think uh, understanding your client and where they're coming from and what, what they want to achieve and their goals both from a business perspective and a technological point of view I think that's the same you know no matter what size of organization you are Yeah. Um, and I think uh, one of Pete's lessons that he uh, taught me when I was um, You know, making my journey in, in financial services and dealing with customers is deliver on your promises as well. And I think, you know, the amount of times we have a bit of a laugh about that, um, but the the concept is absolutely true. You've got to, you know, you've got to deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on time and when you say you're going to do it.
0: Yeah. And Pete, that, that is a phrase I've heard you always, uh, as, a, as a mantra to the account team that you manage that always... Make sure that you know it's not quite under un, un- promise over uh, achieved but it is always make sure that everything that you 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 say you can deliver. There can be there can be no hoodwinking of clients.
1: No, absolutely not. And if it's a big mistake for people to make to think that they can you know shortchange a client because believe you me they can't. Um, and um, you know a lot of people make the mistake of really not being closely engaged enough with clients, particularly where. Things are not quite going well so if there is an issue to be resolved um, and you can't resolve it when you thought you might be able to then it's very important to say to the client look you know we're doing our best but we can't resolve it on this day um, and we'll we'll push that back and and, and and as long as you keep the client informed and deliver on that promise that you will do what you say you're going to do then you don't have issues and in all my time in this industry all the real issues and complaints that have arisen have arisen because people didn't keep their promise. And so yeah. that's why it's always been. I've even got a mug at home that actually says deliver on the promise.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but going back to sort of the
0: dimension of the, the little guy, Alan, yeah. um, I guess for me, one of the interesting things for them is in Pete's world, there's often an IT department, there is often a support desk within there. The smaller guys need it working like that, out of the box. Um, they don't have the the ability to have all the support to set up you know um, all the extra functionality etc so there's much more pressure on your guys to to, to do that is that fair yeah
2: the, yeah there is um, however that you know with the, you know especially with X-Ban um, you know we have created over the years and through our experiences um, and or you know uh, not only from our experiences, but from feedback from clients, is we have now developed more of an out of the box solution. So you know, say for example, something relatively straightforward like creating a letter template. You know, um, that can be done. Um, you know, through a wizard now, and you know, the, the client can add in the body of the text and all of the um, all of the merge fields will merge together. We, you know. Which actually means is they don't need the help from an IT organisation. They just need to put the body of the actual letter within um, within the system. So you're powering a non-technical it. user, are you? And that's what we have got to do with these guys. Mm. Um, and, and that's really the key to the key to um, the key to, um, to doing it is because you know these guys f- haven't got the resources um, that a larger business business would have. So we do have to make it as intuitive as, as we possibly can, um, and to guide them and help them. And a lot of the things
0: are are the same, regardless of which firm you're in, there are certain processes, you know, managing deceased clients was a bit of a morbid one, but I don't know what that came to mind, (laughs) but but there are certain processes that are repeatable that we've got best of breed or best industry practice type solutions that we can put in there out of the box and they walk off and take advantage of the best industry practice.
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, the deceased client is... Um, is an example, you know, thinking of another depressing thought, perhaps the divorce um, yeah. process is, um, um, is, is another one. Um, they used to call that in um, X-Plan when it first came out,
0: the purging partner process. <laughs> I just thought that was such a brilliant uh, yeah. uh, name for it, a bit scary, but it was the purging pro- uh, uh,
1: partner process I, should, re- I should remember, it. Well, I, remember I, should, yeah. I hope your
0: wives aren't going <laughs> to <there. Yeah. laughs> but Pete going to the other extreme though uh, from the large clients there is a complexity there isn't there in terms of Volume in terms of, of amount of queries that you'd get. That really, that's the challenge that you've got we've got to deal with, and the complexity of some of the processes, the remuneration on scale. You
1: know. Yeah, I mean, it is it is different, but like Alan said earlier, fundamentally, all of the processes are, are really the same. It's just with some of the big clients, we get a vast amount of queries. So you know, the biggest client I look after, I probably deal with or five queries a week they're not always complicated things to resolve interestingly with some of the big firms it's actually more difficult to get things done within that business than it is with a smaller one yeah. because they're so big because they have their own it so upgrades would be a good example where you try to schedule an advisor office upgrade with a client um, and they say well actually we'd like to all the functionality you're now going to give us but we can't because of internal pressures, schedule that in for another two months. Yeah. So sometimes actually being bigger doesn't mean it's it's, it's necessarily yeah, easier. Just a
0: different set of challenges. Just
1: a different set of challenges, sometimes more complex. Um, and obviously, you know, because they are key clients, we, we, we ne- do need to deliver on that promise as quickly as we possibly can. But, I think
2: um, what we're also finding, and I, th- I think we're just seeing the start of a trend here is, you know, that- that's more of an agile environment. You know, businesses are moving now into moving more, more, you know, following this agile methodology. Um, And I think, you know, we're really going to see that within financial services. We're seeing it in technology, you know, in terms of what Iris has gone through, um, you know, by adopting that that process. But I think we're actually going to see that then convert into um, financial services and be adopted in that way and moving, you know, more quickly uh, and getting things done following yeah. that agile process
0: no agreed agreed okay now um uh, we've actually gone on quite a long time so i've only got one more area to ask you about which is uh, an area i think is quite interesting which is the move from a number of the clients have moved from advisor office over to x in, in in recent times um uh, and, and I guess I'm just intrigued as to what the um, dynamics are there. Why would someone choose to move from a Visor office uh, to x um, and and really try and understand it both on a large scale and on a small scale? So I don't know, Pete, the other yeah. views because you know a number of your big clients have moved. moved yeah.
1: So um, so there are a number of drivers that 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 uh, force people to change. Um, everybody knows that change is painful. However you know, easy it's perceived to be, um, but obviously Advisor Office is a, um, a server-based, thick client solution, uh, which means that, you know, businesses who run it have to have servers to be able to run it on, um, these are expensive, particularly when they come up for renewal, so we get lots of clients who um, are then... Uh, forced to look at their technology and think well actually do I really want to keep going through this cycle perhaps it's time we looked at a cloud based solution Um, other clients uh, who work across multiple locations see a cloud based solution as much easier than trying to manage clients remotely via terminal services um, or Citrix and finally I would say that some advisors particularly in this world now we talked a bit about this earlier with technology you know Clients are much more uh, used to having uh, using technology ipads that sort of thing so they're they're not against advisors using iPads and things with them so things like cash flow planning um, those sort of tools that advisors have um, lend themselves to, um, to to that type of technology which links to cloud based so that's the other Area, yeah, no, interesting. Uh, and, of
0: and one of the things there is also that you're touching on really is there's also that breadth of functionality within the X Plan suite because we do have cash flow planning, we yeah. do do as, as well as your remuneration that you mentioned before and the valuations and, and stuff. So you've got that wider reach, and that's sometimes that's one of the things that some of the clients yeah. are, I mean,
1: you know, advisor does. office that been around for many years, mm-hmm. as many people know, and, and essentially is a back office CRM where you've got X Plan, which is front, middle, and, and yeah. back. And, and people now want a more holistic ability to be able to do things, and they want to be able to do it all on one solution, and that's the yeah. uh, the key. And that's a big key reason for people moving. I think we've
2: also seen something, especially maybe over the last five years, is where you know I think advisors are more engaged in terms of using technology, yeah. in terms of using the iPads. That wasn't as much the case there was there was the odd don't get me wrong there was the odd advisor that certainly was keen to use technology yeah. out and about um these days it's certainly a much 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 you're right just coming technology. out of the front office is. i, I, I,
0: I and, and I remember when um after the husky days with the self-defense mechanism we were talking to a number of firms about using laptops and the advisor using laptops for the fact find and it was always claimed to be a barrier Suddenly, when you've got an iPad, people are not seeing it as a barrier; they're seeing it as a collaboration mm-hmm. tool. So they'll do something on them and they'll pass it to someone. And it's a completely different mindset. Mm-hmm. It's doing the same thing, but it's its physical form has cool. just yeah. made itself so much more um, of a cooperation tool, collaboration That's,
2: tool. Absolutely. And if you think about it, if, you, if you're talking about iPads, either you know the big Pro or just a standard iPad, is you know the people that you're sitting down with and you're collaborating with, they've got one themselves. So they mm-hmm. understand, you know. Um, why they're doing that, and yeah. the benefit of doing it. Perhaps with a laptop, um, they didn't quite see yeah. the benefit at that time. Yeah, did. no, agree. What, what about other reasons for you, Alan, that you've seen people move uh, to expand? Yeah, some synergies with Pete um, as well. Uh, you know, in terms of that server and upgrade um, process, in you know that that is the same. Um, perhaps on a smaller scale. Um, the, you know, one of the good things with xplan is we do have the auto upgrade functionality, so we can roll those upgrades out mm-hmm. um, in an automated form. So no, no more putting in disks, no more uh, yeah. going around the computer uh, first thing or last thing at night. Um, so that's um, that's one of one of the drivers. The other driver is the efficiency piece and yeah. working, um, you know, more leaner, um, more efficient more efficiently so we're talking about the workflow items here we're talking about redefining processes yeah um you know which is to and to making that business more efficient and i think that's really important for a smaller organization
0: I, I i agree and i think you know pete touched on it and in the air world um that well, was one of your tips that you were saying yeah. that people could use the workflow better uh, but even in AO, where they, they do that well and they have alerts and uh, functions that are, 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 are really helping their efficiency, it's still quite linear. When, oh, you, yeah. when you go into x world, suddenly you have this outcome-based workflow, which yeah. opens up a whole universe of ideas
2: of how, what you can automate and how you can move tasks around the business that according been, to what happens. Yeah, I think, I think the key is not only is the flexibility of the workflow, but the automation is absolutely key. Yeah. You know, one of the shining examples is, um, sending a reminder text when you know the reviews coming up, or, yeah. or a confirmation email or or uploading it to the client portal no human intervention no human intervention yep. is completely automated which I think is fantastic yeah um, and and that's one that is a key key driver um, and will become something in years to come something that's expected um, so other things it's the client portal that I mentioned earlier, you know, people are really keen to engage with, um, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of that functionality, you know, perhaps not widely, um, used at the moment, but I think something certainly for the future is to have review meetings, to have those initial conversations using video technology. Um, you know, I've spoken to a number of organizations, um, where they're really keen to, um, use, uh, things like Sweetbox where you can uh, sign documents electronically where you can have a meeting, video conference at the same time, go through the fact find record all that for your compliance purposes, especially when you've got clients in different geographies you know, perhaps in the Middle East, in Asia or in the US. Or just busy clients I have to yeah. say,
0: my all my IFA meetings have been done by um, video Absolutely so, uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 Just a chance of getting my Myself and my wife to travel to see an IFA are just non-existent. So uh, you know you can do video it by video, and it's much much yeah.
2: easier. It's, it's that you know I, I can see that being a real driver um, in, year, in in years to come. Um, and and one of the tips that I would probably say in from um, people who are considering a move not just from AO but from any kind of software is there's two tips um, that I hear is. The first one is to don't try and replicate your existing process into yeah. the new system. Yeah. How, take the opportunity to have a think about, right, how could we make it better? How can we put more automation into our process? How could we deliver our clients a much better service than what we're doing today? Because tools will be there. Um, so, you know, don't copy the same process. From one system into another. Take take the time, take the opportunity to actually redefine that process. And secondly, is to get everyone involved um, in, in this change process. You know, get that buy-in internally um, and that collaboration within the organisation. I think that's really, really important. If you don't have uh, every single person on board in a change, then it just makes the change m- so much harder. It does in yeah. the long run, and I think. You know, we've been through change processes internally here. You know, we talked from when we went from um, Microsoft Office to Gmail. Yeah. Um, being Australian example. So we've seen it ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we, we've taken certain learnings from that that we would mm.
0: pass on to our clients. No, that's really interesting. Good stuff. Well, gents, uh, we've run out of time. It's been really interesting to talk to you. So thank you ever so much uh, for your time today. Um, and uh, for the listeners, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Again, for some more loose change. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for your time. Thank you.